Jackson on the drive, kicks it out for Mann. Mann, three-pointer, bang! Oh, what a man! Magic down the middle, just what I thought, a hook shot at 12, good! Here's Michael at the foul line, a shot on Elo, good! The Bulls win! They win! Now that's a steal by Murray. Underneath the knee, Jay, right there! Going up over Bell, fall away! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another playoff preview here for the 2023 playoffs on Dime Dropper. Before we get started, you already know the drill. Follow us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Dime Dropper Pod, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. And hit the notification bell for all L.A. sports and especially L.A. basketball content. And finally, we get to the final two series. The most important ones for this channel, the Lakers and the Grizzlies, and of course the Clippers and the Suns. But for this episode, Obviously, going to be talking about Lakers and Grizzlies. And as you notice, there's only two of us up here. But the other previews, I've been having one from each team. But this is an L.A.-based channel, so it's all about how the Lakers can beat the Grizz. And joining me is longtime Laker fan, one of the best basketball minds I've talked to on Twitter. And he's here blessing us with his knowledge today, Coach C.L. Owens. Coach, thanks for joining me on camera for the first time. Glad to have you. Glad to be with you. So let's get right into it, Coach. Since this is a Lakers-Clippers channel, I don't really got to talk about the season. We all know how it went. It was basically like two different Laker teams, you know, the pre-Russell Westbrook, pre-trade deadline team, and then post, obviously, the post-trade deadline team looking so much better, giving Laker fans hope that yet again you can maybe return to that championship contention level. You got the Memphis Grizzlies in the first round. Now, they're a pretty scrappy team. Second year in a row, they've gotten the two-seed in the West. But they're going into the series with injuries. Steven Adams and Brandon Clark not playing. And against a team like yourselves with LeBron and AD that like to dominate around the basket, uh, that could prove costly. Let me know your initial feelings about getting Memphis uh, in the series and what your prediction is right off the top. Uh, my prediction, I think, is Lakers in six. Um, I was I was good with the Lakers getting them. Uh not even based on the amount of less you know experience that Memphis has or anything like that. I just thought it was a good matchup for the Lakers. We, they match up with them. I thought they even matched up with them, even if Adams and Clark were still around. Okay, so the Lakers just coming off that narrow win against the Timberwolves, going into the playoffs with some good momentum. This is kind of a weird series because they're the two seed, but – it feels like you guys are being picked by more people to win this series, just given your experience, just given the fact that you have the two best players in the series, probably. Like, with all due respect to John Moran, he's a really good player, but in a best of seven in the playoffs, I'm not taking uh, Ja over AD and LeBron. And, you know, the game slows down in the playoffs, and the big criticism everybody has in Memphis is that their half-court offense is very suspect, especially we saw in the playoffs last year when their threes weren't falling in John Morant. Uh, couldn't really get to the rim. They really struggled. But the Grizzlies do have the second-best defense, I think, in the entire NBA. How much of a problem do you think that's going to be for you guys um, with their defense? They're going to they're gonna be physical. They're going to bang AD. They're going to bang LeBron. They're going to they're gonna pressure D'Lo and, and get up into the rest of the Lakers' uh, perimeter players. So they're going to they're gonna do – they're going to play Memphis-style basketball, which is still kind of like uh, – uh, 
a slight version of the grit and grind. It's like they're the second generation of it, just not as grimy, uh, but they're still physical. I mean, um, they, they're a team that can cause the Lakers some problems in certain areas. But as you mentioned, they lost last year because they couldn't control pace. They don't understand tempo. I think they're going to try to run, but the Lakers are good enough to be able to slow the tempo down. If they can slow the tempo down and get Memphis to guard in the half court, that's where it's going to be a problem for Memphis because now we're now we can get into their depth a little bit or lack of because Jaron Jackson, I think I heard a stat today where they said he played like 115 minutes and has 96 fouls. And, you know, over the course of that time, I think it was in the Lakers series, the four, the three games that they played. So that's not really good. Um, that doesn't bode well for them. They, and the biggest thing is the in the middle. I mean, they got Tillman, but if Tillman gets in foul trouble, they got to use Jackson. And if they have to cross-match either one of those matchups, I think that's where Memphis runs into some problems because they're going to have to try to find someone to guard AD. And if it's, if it's Jackson who has to do it, if Tillman gets in foul trouble, now we're talking about they may have to go to Aldama. Maybe Kenny Lofton is a rookie, not that tested at all in playoff basketball. They just don't have the size up front to contend. So they're going to put themselves at a disadvantage. So, so it's going to be key for Jackson to not pick up fouls. Right. But he has a penchant. It's just in his DNA. He has a penchant to pick up fouls because he's over-aggressive on defense. He's like he's a shot blocker that likes to go after everything. So if the Lakers can get into the paint, which they were top five in the league in, in paint points, so you got, you got a, a style of uh, two different styles going against each other, it should make for a good series, though. You mentioned Jaron Jackson and foul trouble. We saw that a lot last year against the Timberwolves, that he struggled with fouls. Going up against a player like Anthony Davis, who, in my opinion, has had his best season since the, the championship-winning season. Would you agree with that for the Lakers? I would think so. It's It's been a slow get-back for AD due to just all the injuries he's been dealing with over the years. This is probably the most healthiest he's been in a while. Uh, he says he's feeling good. And I think he, I think he's making his way back. I don't think he's quite 2020 level again um, because he actually had more bounce then. But I think, I think at the good, at the same time, AD's kind of changing his game to fit where he's at physically. So I, I'm good with where he's at right now. How do you think you're going to be able to defend the John Morant pick and rolls? Because he's one of the best pick and roll players in the league. Um, do you throw Vando on him to start the game, or, or what's your approach to that? Because I think if you limit John Morant in the pick and roll. Uh, that's where you beat this Memphis team. Yeah. Uh, well, the first part of that is going to be having to fight over the screens. We get, the guys just can't lay and just die on the screens. Would you All go under? Would you, con would you consider going under with Jock, given that his jump shot is still a little bit questionable? I I would. Yeah, I would try once or twice to go under. Um, yeah, because his sus his jump shot is still suspect, but he uh, he's perfected the floater. Yeah. So. That's one reason why you got to try to fight over first because he's gotten to that floater and he's really good at it. So, guys, uh, I would try Vando on him. Maybe the size could give him some problems. Um, the only thing with that is, is that, you know, once they screen Vando out the way, who's going to be the second help guy coming up to show on the screen? Uh, if they can usually AD, if, 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 if it's Jaron Jackson setting the screen, I would assume it's Anthony Davis, right? And AD and drop coverage is like as good as it gets. Yeah, it would, yeah, it would have to be. It would have to be. And the other part to that is, is like, you know, 
as they say, help the helper. So if AD comes up and show, then somebody has to step up, you know, make sure they can t- cover the backside, the back line of the defense. So the Lakers going to have their hands full with Ja. Um, but, yeah, I would try some different coverages against them. I've, I've been thinking about it all day. You know, during the regular season, they pretty much um, tried to go under the screen pretty much and just fell back re- into their drop coverage. How did your regular season uh, games go against them? I'm forgetting off the top of my head. I know you guys played one without LeBron, I think, a couple weeks back in Memphis. Yeah, uh, one without LeBron. There was one without Ja. The only game that they both played at full strength was the first one. And that and- was with Russ. Yeah, and they had a 47-point third quarter in, in a game that the Lakers were literally kind of controlling. But at that time, the Lakers were having those third-quarter issues just coming out the locker room flat. Uh, it seems like adjustments were, like, bare minimum. Um, so it was it was a lot of things going on at that time. But it took a heroic third quarter for Memphis to even pull that game off. And once they got rolling, we just couldn't stop it. Are you concerned about – Guys like Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks, the shooting, and Luke Kennard. I mean, obviously, I know him very well, and you watch the Clippers a lot, too. You know him well. Best three-point shooter in the league by percentage. He's been playing really well since he got to Memphis. Uh, last year, Desmond Bain, you could argue, in that first-round series against the Timberwolves, may have been the best player for them. You worried about them getting hot at all? I'm I'm worried about Kennard because he's, he's really streaky. Uh, yeah. Kennard, once he gets one to go down, he can hit you for three or four real quick. Um, Bain, I'm a little, he's probably second Brooks would probably be third on my list as far as, uh, worry. Um, because Brooks would be the one we would, we should force to shoot the three. I I think he could actually shoot them out of games. He definitely can. Um, do you think he's going to be the one that let's go to LeBron now? I mean, this is LeBron missing the playoffs last year was rare for him. The last time we saw him in the playoffs was probably the worst first round series of his career. You know, he didn't fully look himself, even though he had some good moments when you guys went up to one, he's playing better lately, just had a 30 point game. Uh, what's your confidence about LeBron and his health coming off that foot injury? And I don't think he's as good as 2020 personally anymore. He's definitely lost a step. But what kind of LeBron do you think we're getting um, for this playoffs? Because this is LeBron James we're talking about, and it's always going to be hype when he's involved in playoffs. The the thing that I've noticed about this LeBron now, he's a little bit better at picking his spots now. And that might be due to the team team makeup that they have now. There's guys that can carry for certain portions, and he can kind of sit back. He can pick his spots. There's times where he kind of look fresh. There's times when he looked like he's kind of exhausted. So I think he, uh, with that coupled with, you know, getting over the foot and all that stuff like that, I think he's still finding himself. But I think he's better at picking his spots now. So uh, I'm not really that worried about him. You know, the matchup for him is they're probably going to try Brooks on him a lot, you know. And I don't know how effective that might be for Memphis because Brooks has got got a big ego. He's going to want to go out there to show he can shut down LeBron. And if he gets a couple of fouls, with the way Memphis is set up, if the Lakers can just put them in foul trouble, and I know a lot of people are going to cry about it once they start seeing the fouls being put on them, but they're an aggressive team, as I mentioned from the beginning. They're going to pick up fouls. Yeah, Dylan Brooks, I know he's been one of the better defenders this season, but as you said, besides his you know shot chucking at times, he has a tendency to lose his cool. I mean, do you think he can – if you're LeBron, do you just go straight to the post and just bully him? I would like to see LeBron mix it up some in the post. Uh, sometimes LeBron has a tendency to, to to fall in love with his jumper, 
Yeah. And and he won't go to the post. And I've been saying for years, LeBron should utilize more of a post game, yeah. especially late in games when the game's right. on the line because it it will improve his shot quality. We all know LeBron likes to take some – he'll take a heat check shot at a critical moment in the game. And sometimes mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. But I think, yeah, I guess Brooks, he should probably take him to the block some. That way we can see if we can make something happen different from their defense. You know, they may have to bring a helper from the weak side. So it's it's all about how we attack it, um, but yeah, I can I can see LeBron doing that some. I think this is where you really see the genius of LeBron James in terms of a series where he can make adjustments and he can read defenses and coverages game to game, especially against an inexperienced team like Memphis. I, I definitely think the Lakers have the advantage here. If Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark were playing, though, I think it would be a different conversation because then you have more size around the rim and. You know, Jaron Jackson and Xavier. I mean, Xavier Tillman's a decent player, but I feel like with Steven Adams and especially Brandon Clark, super athletic and was really good off the bench for them in the last last year's playoffs, it would make a difference. Um, do you think do you see your guys just feasting on the inside throughout the series? Um, that's a, that's a good question, Dime. Um it depends on how AD goes, really. If, yeah. if AD if he establishes that he wants to play in the paint. And on, on the nails, then, yeah, we could feast on them because, again, that's and it's going to bring everything back to foul trouble again. I mean, that lack of depth up front for them is just going to really, really be a killer for them. But we have uh, guys that can also get downhill. You know, Reeves is going to attack the paint. Delo's going to attack the paint. Schroeder's going to attack the paint. Um, Rui's going to attack the paint and work from the mid-range. We got guys that can get in there. So it won't be just Braun and AD having to carry a load of the attack from the from the interior um that's it's something that Memphis is going to have to be worried about you know seeing three or four other guys come in there and attack too do you think this is this first playoffs where you know with Anthony Davis I think he was the best player this season for the Lakers especially just considering what he does on both ends of the floor um do you think this is finally the playoff run where Anthony Davis takes the reins as the man of this Laker team that we kind of feel like he's had to be the has kind of needed to be the last couple of years, or do you think LeBron being who he is, his experience is still going to prove show that he's still the guy for this team? I, I, I tend to lean to where you said it the first time, I think this could be the playoffs where he finally assumes full control, but a lot of that's going to de determine his mindset. It's got to be all about his mindset. He's, he's got to want to do it because he can absolutely do it. And it doesn't have to be a thing where it's in the media talked about, oh, well, AD is taking the keys from LeBron. You'll be able to see it with this play. Right. If he does that, then there's no doubt about it that he would he would be the guy that can lead this team. And I said from the beginning, we're only going to go as far as AD could carry us. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Ever since he's come here to Los Angeles, it's been whatever AD we get, that drastically changes how the Lakers are. When he's not on the court, it's just a totally different ball game. Um, I think when healthy, he's – up there for honestly best defender in the NBA. He's that good to me uh, when he's healthy. He's right there. Speaking of best defenders in the NBA though, Jaron Jackson, we talked about, you know, his roaming and stuff defensively and help. I think given Jared Vanderbilt and how teams have played him, I think you're going to see Jaron Jackson sag off Jared Vanderbilt and Xavier Tillman probably take Anthony Davis. Um, not just Jared Vanderbilt, but speaking about the depth of this Laker team now with D'Lo, with Reeves, Dennis Schroeder, how do you think the role guys are going to do, and how much do you think you need for them to win this series? I think it doesn't have to be a consistent guy every night. That's that's the thing. It kind of they kind of give me a sort of uh, resemblance to the twenty twenty team, 
where mm-hmm. I remember when the media was trying to say, well, who's going to be a consistent third guy? And they, in every game, in every series, it just kept being a different one every single night. But I think D'Lo is good enough to be consistently the third guy. Same. If not him, I think Dennis, because neither one will shy away from the moment. I think after that, we just need guys like Rui and Troy and Vando to kind of play their support roles. They don't, you know, come, at least comes close to their scoring averages on the season to make it really, uh, really difficult for Memphis um, in these games. You know, they, these guys, they can't go nights where it's going to be 0 for 7, 0 points and things like that. We, we, can't, we can't have that from three or four guys in this series at the same time on the same night. How do you think about Austin Reeves' playoff debut? You think he's going to be okay? You think he's going to perform? Because he seems like a guy that's ready for the moment but didn't have the best playing game the other day. Yeah, I think I think he got his jitters out in that game. I think he's going to be ready. Uh, it depends. I think for him, the defensive assignment, because he's going to probably see get a couple of cracks at jaw too. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing, the thing with that is, is how much will it drain him to, to have to guard jaw for certain stretches and will that eat into his offensive abilities yeah. for this series? So that's something to look out for. Um, other than that, I think he'll, if he's not guarding Ja, he'll probably take Tyus Jones some, or he might even match up against Bain sometimes. So, and there, those guys all play physical. Bain is, you know, one of the most well bit built two guys I've ever seen in the league. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you know, it says the Lakers are, third in the league in pace. Memphis is fifth, but I'd assume over the course of a seven-game series, you would want to slow the game down, try to take him out of transition and play in the half court because, I mean, LeBron James to me is one of the better like half-court offensive initiators that we've ever seen. And yeah, I think your guys' half-court offense is much better than theirs. There's a lot of pressure on John Morant to me in this series, you know, given everything that's happened within this league this year, the gun stuff. And, um, you know, last year being a little bit underwhelming from an individual standpoint in the playoffs, we had People saying they look better without Jaw in various ways. So I think it's going to be a lot of pressure for him to perform. Do you think that you guys are um, the underdogs, actually? Because it seems like people are – even though you're a seven seed, it feels like people are picking you. Yeah, that's been the thing I've been seeing. Uh, I've even seen on Memphis uh, their uh, Twitter page. They've been trying to build themselves up as, as the underdog. But, you know, they were a two seed for a reason. They were good. They were consistent throughout the season. Um, we were a seven seed for a reason. You know, we had to battle injuries, bad roster construction from the start. Um, but I think with Ja, I think it's a lot of pressure on him because now he's got to try to fight the narratives that were put out there about him. Um, as long as he don't let a lot of that creep into his head and he forces things, I mean, yes, it's good for the Lakers if he goes that route. But if he uh if he can find himself in this series, you know, and he plays the way he can play. Um, it's going to be tough for the Lakers. You know, we can't let him get into that type of groove. And so for us, we just got to, we got to throw a ton of different looks at him. It's got to be a certain level of physicality with him. Um, that's just going to, it's going to take this really slow them down. If we can slow him down, then we're for sure going to slow down the pace of their team. I don't think, uh, anybody else can really jumpstart them like that. Once that pace is settled and it's in control of the Lakers favor, they should be able to play it out because, from that point, we should be able to just come down, play the paint a lot, you know, take smart shots. And as long as we don't feast and try to live on threes, we can control the pace at a good at a good rate. Yeah, I think you said it best, the physicality. You know, this, you watch some games this season, the Lakers sometimes can really bully teams, especially when LeBron and AD kind of get into that mode. 
Um, I also think you're 100% right about the AD thing and the aggression. It's all on him. You know, we've seen him shy away at times, whether it be late in games. But I think the main period that he shies away, and I've mentioned this a lot, is when he comes back in the game in the second quarter, he'll go like minutes without shooting or touching the ball. It's 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 insane to me. So I want to see AD dominate. And, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. You know, keep him out of transition best you can. I think another big thing for the Lakers is to not turn the ball over. You know, at times, especially guys like LeBron, you get the ball so much, can get loose with it. And when you turn the ball over against Memphis, they're going to go. And I think that's going to be very crucial. And also, I don't want to underestimate the Grizzlies. You know, I have the Lakers in 6-2. But Memphis is a 2 seed, as you said, for a reason. And they're a team that just – you're going to get them fighting. You know, at the very least, Memphis is going to fight. They they hear all the noise. And – I'm very much looking forward to this series. As far as being a Laker fan, you know, you did win a ring in the bubble, but this is the first time Laker fans will be hosting a sold-out playoffs for 10 years. How does it feel just, you know, going to be seeing Staples Center, uh, full, full-blown full Staples Center with LeBron and AD? You know, they they haven't really had that yet as Lakers. No, they they haven't experienced that at all. It's it's going to be uh, it's going to be off the chain. The, the atmosphere there is going to be electric. I mean, they're going to they're going to feel it. So if they can feed on that type of energy. Coming out in game three, I mean, you know, that's that's something that, that should be a, a big deal for them to try to, you know, especially to accept it, too. I think it'll be the first time that they really feel like what it feels to play in L.A. at playoff time for the Lakers. I don't think they really right. had that experience just yet. Yeah, and I think it's also great for the fans, too. Like, when you think back to your, you know, your great memories as a Laker fan, you think of, obviously, the playoffs and championships and, and Magic playing in front of the forum crowd and, and Kobe playing in front of the fans, like – I feel like this is going to make Laker fans, you know, I feel the same way with Kawhi Leonard for us, you know, seeing him play live this year more got me to, you know, really embrace him as a Clipper more. But, you know, before we end, I don't want to, I want to not forget about one guy. If a Memphis fan comes to this channel, Tyus Jones, very solid player, one of the best backup point guards in the league. I think he's maybe a year or two away from becoming a starting point guard in his own team. Uh, led the league in assist to turnover ratio. I think he's somebody to watch for Memphis coming off the bench, especially with Luke Kennard. But I agree that overall, I think this Laker team uh, is deeper given the injuries and the star power. I think a lot of the games are going to come down to that you guys have the to two best players in the series, unless John Morant has anything to say about it. Mm-hmm. My last question, I think, was – do you have the confidence in a rookie head coach in Darvin Ham, who a lot of like Laker fans have so many mixed opinions on this guy to lead this team, not just past this series, but all the way. Cause it sounds like you're pretty confident in this series. So my two questions to end it off would be mm-hmm. one, how disappointed would you be if you lost this series? Cause we talk about, you know, are you the favorites? Are you not? So how disappointed would you be if you lost and how much trust do you have in ham to not just take this team past this series, but all the way. Cause you have to potentially win four series on the road here. I wouldn't be disappointed if the Lakers lost the series because I look at the team that just came together. It's barely been two months now. So, you know, all Laker fans have been saying, give this team a training camp and a chance to get all their continuity down and get a chance to jail from the beginning. Next year's team would probably be more apt to make a longer playoff run. With this one, we're going to have to take it game by game at a time, game by game. Uh, as far as Ham, uh, I trust that he can navigate them through these playoffs. He's been there as a player with the Pistons on that 2014. He's been there as a Bucks assistant under Budenholzer when they won. So I don't think he's not going to be anything that he doesn't see that he haven't saw before. Um, you know, I think the only thing that he has to probably get better at in this series going forward would be 
just roster utilization, getting the feel when to when to make the right sub, when to push the right button. Because a lot of times in playoff basketball, those in-game adjustments on the fly are something that can just turn a game in an instant. It can be just right. a simple substitution. And he has to have the intellect to be able to figure that out on the fly. And, for example, even the game against uh, Minnesota, you know, D'Lo wasn't going well. He didn't try to force D'Lo back into that game just for the sake of saying, well, I'm going to get him his minutes. He let Dennis ride it out. The Lakers had found a good groove. And that's what coaching is all about, being able to feel the pulse of the team at that time and just run with it. How do you feel about Dennis? You know, a lot of people have mixed opinions on him, but I think he's had a really good season back here with the Lakers. Um, we're going to be probably guarding jaw a little bit. He, I love how he picks up 94 feet, and he's been really good closing games uh, at times this season. Do you think that uh, the, the criticism of him playing him too much is, is warranted, or do you think that people are way too harsh on him for that? I think, it, I think it wasn't warranted, and I think people were way too harsh. And it just shows me that a lot of people don't understand the duties that come with playing point guard. It's probably the hardest position to play right next to probably center because mm -hmm. of the duties that each one have. But on the for a guard, for a point guard, Dennis keeps the Lakers in their sets. They run a lot smoother when he – and that's no shot at D'Lo. They run a lot smoother and at a much slower tempo when he's on the floor. So that's going to be key. Um, I like what he can do defensively with Ja, you know – People, I've already seen some comments already where people are saying, oh, well, Jaws bigger than him only by one inch. I mean, it's not that much of a big deal. But Dennis has shown that he can take on bigger guards and, and guard them pretty effectively. So I like where he's at right now. Um, it's just going to be one of those things where, you know, Ham has to figure out, you know, kind of navigate his minutes some. You know, I don't, I don't want to get into the overplay or he underplaying him. I think he's been having a good feel of when to play Dennis in these games. And Dennis is one of those guys where he's trying to make something happen every other possession, especially on defense. And, you know, he's because he's active like that. So he's he's going to be a, a wrench in Memphis's uh, gears big time in this series. To close it out, you know, a couple subplots, Laker Nation and Dime Dropper fam, uh, Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, and D'Angelo Russell played the Memphis Grizzlies last year. So they'll be playing the exact same team in the same two versus seven matchup two years in a row. Jared Vanderbilt had some really good moments uh, on John Morant uh, and also uh, Jaden McDaniels, but obviously he's not a Laker, but Jared Vanderbilt has guarded Morant, has had some success. And then the one thing I do want to say too, before we end is D'Angelo Russell, you know, I'm actually a big fan of his, but in the net series against Philly and then last year, his first two player series of his career have been really bad in terms of like shooting splits and all that. Hopefully for the Lakers, he will have a good series here. I also think that playing with LeBron and AD, he has less pressure on him than those series. You know, I think he may have been a third option last year, but he's playing with two championship first two options. Um, but yeah, coach, thank you so much for joining us. Let us know. No where they, uh, let, the, let the people know where they can find you. Hopefully we'll tap in again uh, during the playoffs and hopefully for your sake, it's uh, a trip to the second round yet again. Oh, you can find me at Twitter at CO smooth sports. Thank you, Coach Laker Nation and anyone else, Clipper Nation, whoever may be listening. Let us know what your series prediction is in the comments. Both of us got Lakers in six. It's a, It should be fun. Peace.